Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello everyone, my name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And this is AB Cinema for Tuesday, July 19th. Uh, Bailey, how have you been? What, what did you do this weekend? Uh, we just had a relaxing uh, weekend. We went and got ice cream and and uh, Yvette and I have been binging Ted Lasso, which has been a really fun show to catch up on uh, because like everything we watch, we're a couple years late. But it's it's really good. We've really enjoyed it. It's good humor. Yeah, I love Ted Lasso. I'm glad that you're. I'm glad that you're watching this. How far are you? I love Roy Kent. I love him. Everyone does. He's great. He's my favorite swearing person. Uh, we're <laughs> about halfway through the second season right now. Gotcha. It's a quick watch. I I didn't really think that. It's only like 30-minute episodes, so it it feels like binging the first season of The Office is, like, I don't know. It's it's just, we're friends, where it's just really quick. But I've I've really enjoyed this season. Yeah, I'm glad that you're watching that. Anything else you've been watching? Uh, I've also started watching Blackbird, which is another Apple TV show. And that show has been, uh, it's been really good so far. I love Taron Egerton. He's a great actor, and I I do want him to be Wolverine. He is my my fan cast for that, and the dude is ripped now, like very ripped. Um, and if they decide to do a Wolverine musical in Deadpool, then Taron Egerton's our guy. He sounds like Elton John, so why not? Yeah, is that is that like pretty dark? Is it like a murder mystery kind of thing, or is it more just like a psychological horror? It is a dark show. It's not really psychological horror. It's it's more so the, the it's based on a true story. It's about a guy who was con- he was convicted for murdering like 12 girls or 14 girls and he everybody thinks he was coerced into giving his statement and to and his confession. And so um Taron Egerton was arrested for drugs and sent to prison and is put on 10 years uh, thinking that he was going to sh- get a shorter term. But uh, then these investigators come in and they they start interviewing him. And he's like, what's this interview for? And he's being interviewed to befriend this guy who was, um, who was coerced or we, we aren't sure yet. Um, but, from what we know, he was coerced to give his confession, and so he's trying to confirm his confession, and if he does, then he gets off earlier than four years, um, which is, I think, just six months to nine year, nine months that he was in there at, at the point where I'm at in the show right now. But it's very good. I, I would recommend it. It's... I wouldn't say it's like a brutal watch or anything like that. It's not at all. But it's just an intriguing show. Yeah. 
I'll have to give that one a watch. That one, I keep seeing that pop up, and I really mean to watch that. Um, but something I have watched, the first episode came out on HBO Max on Friday, is The Rehearsal, which is Nathan Fielder's, which if you know, is the creator of Nathan For You, um, kind of follow-up. And it is, if you've seen Nathan For You, you already know how just everything that he does and it transitions super well to this, but it's also just like a different premise. And I'm in, I'm interested to see how this carries out over the course of a season because the first episode, I almost feel like you could only do it once, but I, you know, I'm just, I can't wait to see more of this. So the rehearsal, it's on HBO Max, episode one out now, and I think they keep releasing on Fridays. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching, but uh, that should that should do it for what we've been watching. Moving into the news now, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes added another cast member. Bailey, who did they add? They added Peter Dinklage, and this is the first cast member besides the girl from West Side Story, who I'm blanking on her name right now, that has piqued my interest. Uh, Peter Dinklage is a great actor, and anything he's in is great. For the most part, I think he he does a really good a, jo- a good job at elevating um, whatever he's in, um, especially the X Men movie, Days of Future Past. That was I liked his performance in there. Eatry in Avengers Infinity War sounds like I only know him from uh, comic book <laughs> from stuff, Marvel but, movies, but he is a great actor. I do really like him. Uh, he was an elf. He was the angry elf. Um, if you look at his comments on the Snow White movie, he's very passionate about the dwarfs. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see him in this movie and see what he brings funnily to and, it. Funnily enough, I also watched Days of Future Past this weekend, and I was just thinking, why don't I see him in anything anymore? Um, so, you know, he's added to this, and I agree. I do like Peter Dinklage. I like what he does. He's, he's, except for, did you ever see Cyrano? I haven't. That's not a movie that intrigues me, but I've. I, I agree. But what were you saying? (laughs) Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I just know that I looked at the reviews and everybody thought everybody was loved in love with it. So I know it's a musical. And so that's, that's what's intriguing about it to me because it's Peter Dinklage. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that has a great voice just with the way he speaks but i i'm curious to see see the movie i i don't know why it's so great but hopefully when i watch it if i ever do i'll understand the phenomenon behind it no i agree and um moving on then m night Shyamalan's movie knock at the cabin is apparently an adaptation of a horror book, The Cabin at the End of the World. Uh, Bailey, what is this horror book about? So The Cabin at the End of the World is about a couple and their adopted daughter. And they are at a cabin, like a retreat, and then four strangers invade the cabin and tell the family that one of them must be killed by the others to prevent the apocalypse. M. Night Shyamalan came out and said that he couldn't like hold back anymore, like, People were starting to figure out that it was based off of this book, and he decided to just announce that it was. And he he also said that if you've read the book, he's changing some things so that 
the audience that everybody is going to be surprised by. And so I'm really curious to see what happens with this. I don't know how it's going to be. The cast is good. Um, Dave Bautista is in it. Uh, Rupert Grint. Um, the King in Hamilton is in it as well. I can't Jonathan remember his Groff. name. Jonathan Groff. He's also in uh, Mindhunter. And Frozen. And, and Frozen, Frozen. too. Yes. Yes. And he's also in it. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what M. Night Shyamalan's bringing to this. I'm not really expecting any cinema gold with him because everything with him is hit or miss, mostly mm-hmm. miss. So we'll just have to wait and see when this movie comes out next year. I think it's funny because I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this is one of those times where if you read the book, you would think, oh, okay, he's not going to pull the Shyamalan twist on us. But it sounds like he might. If it's going to be a big surprise, he's still going to find a way to incorporate his his patented twist, you know, two-thirds of the way through the movie. But um, I'm interested. I I get excited for Shyamalan things. I still need to watch old. And, um, it's not good. you know, I, I think the only thing recently that came out that was a super huge flop, in my opinion, was probably, uh, what was it, Glass, which was the follow-up to Split, which was kind of his return to him being him. But... Um, yeah, I like Shyamalan. I, I I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm not saying he's like a, the greatest director, but I think he's an interesting director. So it'll be fun. Maybe I'll have to read The, the Cabin at the End of the World and uh, let you know what I think. But speaking of things that we can read, Dune Part 2 began production um, just this week. Bailey, what does that mean for the audience? So that just means that Things are moving forward as expected. We can expect this movie to come out in November next year, along with The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And so this is completely expected. We knew this was coming, um, and it's exciting. I'm really excited to see this movie next year. It was my top movie last year, and Dune Part 2 should be a hit if Denis Villeneuve can capture the magic again in this second one and we already know a lot of the casting announcements we've been covering that here with christopher walken austin butler um, florence Pugh, and several others and so just keep your eyes out we we've gotten some behind the scenes photos taken as well our first look at the princess Yurlan. and so i'm i'm very excited to see what comes of this but did you get a chance to look at that photo i did yeah it looks like it's set in the world of Dune. Yeah. And that's about all that it looks like. So. There's not like anything really you can dive into, but I was like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> awesome. This movie's actually happening. We're going to get part two. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's honestly, super That's super cool when you say that, when you look at the photo, because I didn't even think about it, but it makes me realize, okay, we're, we're actually getting a follow-up. And Florence Pugh is involved, so it's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really good. I, I'm really curious to see Austin Butler's performance as Fade Rautha, especially with the twists that, not twists, but hit Denny's adaptation of the Harkonnens. And so I'm really curious to see if Austin Butler's going to be bald and if he'll still have his Elvis voice. Yeah, I also just am really excited to see Austin Butler again. I how many, Have you gone to see Elvis again? A little off topic, I know, but 
No, I haven't. I want to. I really want to take Yvette to see it, but I don't I don't think we'll see it until it comes out on HBO Max. Yeah, I the farther I get away from that movie or whenever I watch things about that movie, I'm just more amazed by Austin Butler. Like he really did a good job. So I'm excited to see not only what he can do, but like what he and Denis Villeneuve can do. That's super exciting to me. I agree. Yeah, both of them, I feel like it's just going to create cinematic gold. So uh, moving on, apparently the Snyder Cut was fueled by bots. Bailey, what is uh, what is what is, what's the news here? If you didn't know by now, and you're not on Twitter or any social media, there was some big uprisings across the internet for like the last five years since um, Justice League came out in theaters in 2017, and. Warner Brothers released a report just yesterday saying that 13% of the accounts for the Snyder Cut were bots. So they were fake accounts that were just constantly retweeting and getting people excited for it. And so you could say that everything leading towards the Snyder Cut was fabricated because it's it's an interesting experiment if you really think about it with like them creating hundreds of accounts and just having them constantly retweet things to get people excited about it and seeing audiences' reactions to it. Um, the sad thing is it shows that studios can cave to to a minority. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I, I don't think Warner Brothers is ever going to continue the Snyder Cut, especially with Zaslav in, in the CEO chair right now. And so I'm I'm really curious to see what what the potential of this is moving forward with with fake fake popularity among movies and how that's going to affect the movie industry going forward. It's it's just an interesting thing. I think it's not just the fake movie people or the fake accounts. I think if you look at Disney, a perfect example is The Rise of Skywalker, which is the studio caving to the mass appeal of the Star Wars fan base, hating The Last Jedi. And, you know, so you have that side, then you have Warner Brothers, who caves to what a what was the mass appeal of the Snyder people demanding the Snyder Cut. And aside from the whole rant I could go on about social media and, and its far-reaching influence and how loud voices can be when they shouldn't be that loud, I just think the real lesson that we should take from this and from Disney is just your product is your own. And I don't know. They just need to be able to... They need to trust their creatives. Yeah, they do, 100%. And to me, it almost sounds like this is Warner Bros. trying to bury the Snyder Cut or something? I don't know. It's like, oh, well, actually, all these people you thought were demanding it were fake. It's like nobody cared anymore. Like, it happened. It came and went. Like, why would you bring this back up so that more people are mad at all the Snyder fans? I don't, I don't know. And Careful, Which is unfair, Adam. again. Yeah, I know. But what I was going to say, <laughs> which is unfair to Zack Snyder almost. You know, I just... I think the... Yeah, they just... I don't know why they brought this back up. It was almost like I forgot about it. Yeah, I I honestly though, like if you think about it, 13% isn't a massive amount of those accounts that were moving that were involved in the movement. 
but I do think that the that 13% had a pretty strong hold on people. And so it's it's really intriguing to me. I, I I'd be curious to know like the people that were drawn in from those. I wonder if they could even find out statistics for that. But that's that's just my my mathematical brain coming in saying that I want to know the stats. Um but yeah, it's it it's sad that this happened. I'm I'm happy that Snyder got his vision recognized. They trusted the creative on that kind of. It took him a couple years, but um that's I think we should move on to a different segment of streaming with Netflix cuz <laughs> 100%. They've got a it's, new project coming out this week. And apparently it's tanking. Bailey, what what is going on with the Gray Man? Which is the Ryan Gosling, uh, Chris Evans-led, Russo brother-directed action spy espionage thriller premiering on Netflix this week. Yeah, so this this movie, it hasn't gotten the worst reviews ever. But it's it's not fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics are not really enjoying this movie. Um, I'm still going to watch it because I like Ryan Gosling, even though I don't know how to pronounce his name half the time. And I like Chris <laughs> Evans, and I like the Russo brothers. And so I'll watch anything and everything that they make. I watch, uh, Besides the movie with Chadwick Boseman, I, I wanted to watch that, but I never got the chance to see it. Um, but... Anything that they make from Community to The Gray Man, I will be in theaters or on my couch watching whatever they make um, or produce. And so I, I'm excited to watch this movie and have my own thoughts on it. I just saw the number on Rotten Tomatoes and was like, that's not that great. So, <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be critically divided, almost to some degree panned somewhat. But I, I like this. I, I'm interested... How do I say this? I like what you said. I love Ryan Gosling. I feel like you don't see him in a lot of things, but when you do, I'm always it's always appealing to me. I like his snark and his charisma. And the other reason that I like this the idea of this movie too is because Chris Evans in the trailers is looking like he's just having fun being a total jerk, and that's so much fun. You know, as as we saw in Knives Out, Chris Evans can just kind of do be the jerk and be fun and it's so great to watch but i'm hoping yeah i just you you said it earlier you brought it up you know it's almost like can the russo brothers really do anything outside of infinity war and endgame in this in the civil war movies you know the captain america movies i just i it, you know this is start of sort of becoming a trend of theirs where they release something um, that they've directed and it's just not as great as other films that they've made. I will say they're very good at comedy. Um, they did Community. They were the creators of Community and I believe they also did Arrested Development, maybe? if I, I may be mistaken on that. But they were huge on Community and um, I think that comedy and... I don't know what it is. I think their their passion for the Marvel comics is what drove them to create such a successful movie because they cared about all of the characters and wanted to give all of the characters their moment. And I think that that's what helped the MCU move forward because if you think about it, like 
the Russo brothers had the most heavy hitting movies in the MCU or quite a few of them with Winter Soldier and Civil War and Infinity War and Endgame. Um, like I think that their passion was what drove that. What were you going to say? And Civil War, which led them to directing the next Avengers films, you know? Yeah. But I, I do think that the Russo brothers are capable of other things, but I don't know if like ego may have gotten into their heads about everything. I know Netflix is wanting to do like a whole cinematic universe surrounding the gray man. Cause they already announced a spinoff with, I, I can't remember which character, but they've announced a spinoff with one of the main characters in this movie. So who knows what'll happen. They, they, the movie itself doesn't set anything up, but may tease at that. But I'm, I'm curious to see what happens this Friday when I watch it. And maybe just as a small side of conversation, I've read online that kind of Netflix is not doing great. They're actually tanking, but as far as metrics and as far as, you know, news outlets are concerned and that this week could be one of the defining moments. And something that you said that I thought about just now is like they're already developing a spinoff for this. They, we don't know what the audience reception will be to it. We know critically what the reception has been to it. And it's like, why would they green light this? Is it because uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are in it? Is it because the Russes are attached to it? Is it because they want another you know, intellectual property or franchise that they can create? It's just, it's somewhat baffling to me that that's something that they've already announced. And so I just... I'm wondering the same thing. I'm kind of more like, okay, maybe we do need to analyze Netflix a little bit closer because they've, even this past week, I've seen they released a couple of trailers for things. And I thought, how many more movies are coming? And apparently there's one every week, but, but why, you know, they're, you know, it's the same conversation we had. They're oversaturating their market. They don't know what the, what their audience wants. So I'm just, I'm curious, you know, yeah, and I, I read online that Netflix was considering shopping out their shows to uh, TV networks so that they can air their shows on TV and that they would get some sort of revenue from those from that aspect of the television market, which would be really interesting to watch Stranger Things on the Sci-Fi Channel um, or anything like that. I just don't even, like, no other streaming service is doing that. The only other streaming service that does that is, well, not really. I'm lying. Paramount. Because Hulu, Paramount Plus does it. Hulu TV has a partnership with Fox, so their things show up on, Fox, on FX, and then they arrive on um, Hulu the next day. And even, like, you know, HBO Max has things that kind of run at the same time. So, I mean, I just... It seems like maybe they're hopping on that train, but it's already a little bit late in my opinion because all these other channels are just making their own streaming services now. Like AMC has AMC Plus, so. You know, des Netflix is at the desperation station, but the train has already left. Yeah. They, I kind of they, I feel like this this company is doomed at this point. Um this this movie is over like I think they spent 200 million on just this movie and I think that Netflix is so desperate at this point to get some kind of traction but they're they're going to have to really really cut down 
And it saddens me to say that because I love a lot of the stuff on Netflix. And I think we're going to start to see stuff be canceled before it even comes out. And it, it, I'm curious to see what's going to happen going forward or if we'll see a lot of these shows shift to other networks. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of a lot of stuff on Netflix, but the good things on Netflix are pretty darn good, you know. And so that that would be sad to see. Like if there was enough if I'm I'm curious about the second season of Squid Games now that you bring that up. But anyway, that's that's another pod, another conversation. Sad news for Netflix. But um moving on, that's all the news that we have. Buzz, San Diego Comic Con coming up this week. Bailey, how excited are you? For all the uh, news that'll be shooting out of this. Well, after Miss Marvel, I'm expecting some some announcements for the mutants, whether that's X-Men casting or an announcement about a project in relation to the X-Men. Um, I'm also, I, I don't want to have my expectations too high because Marvel only has an hour, uh, an hour long panel, which means that they're going to be really cramming a ton of stuff in if we think that they're going to be announcing everything. But we also have, D23 happening in September and Disney Plus Day is happening in September. So I honestly think we're going to be getting three days of announcements in the next three months. And actually four days because Marvel Animation is coming to San Diego Comic-Con with sneak peeks of a ton of shows on Wednesday, I believe. tomorrow. No, Thursday. I don't know when they're coming. But we'll have it covered. Um, I do want to say though there are leaks, apparent leaks, uh, regarding the Marvel panel. We are not going to cover them on here because we want to be as surprised as everyone else, even though I already read it. Um, don't trust anything that you read on the internet because it has to come from Marvel before it's officially announced. So anything you read, any speculations you read, it's probably not true. The leaks that have come forth go through a verification process on Reddit, and the ones that were leaked have not been approved and gone through a verification process. So just take it with a massive grain of salt until Saturday comes and we find out what happens. So just keep an eye out for the news this week. We'll have this all covered on Monday, and we hope you guys enjoy it as much as I will, at least. I don't know if Adam will. Yeah, I've been uh, avoiding these leaks like the plague, and I am excited to see any news that comes out of it. But um, yeah, I will wait 100% until anything official happens. I'm excited. I am excited as well. I am curious to see what Marvel announces. I think I just read a headline today that said, in the coming months, the next big Thanos-level threat will be confirmed and made very clear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so... You know, the funny thing about that is I felt like it was very clear during Loki, like the next big villain is Kang. Yeah. Like, I I don't know how much more obvious they could have gotten than that. I just feel like they didn't... It was made apparent that Kang could have been the next big one, but then there was no follow-up to it. So, I mean, they talked about different multiverses and this and that, but like... So that has to do with it with Doctor Strange and like we knew that Quantum Mania, Ant Man and the Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania is going to tie into it, which was supposed to come out earlier this year. 
Yeah. And so I think with the pandemic and everything getting shuffled around, we haven't had a lot of resolve on a lot of these storylines or continuation on these storylines. And so I think that it's the pandemic kind of screwed Marvel over in a weird way. So we'll have to wait and see if the fans will will press forward with them. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's just because even in the, all of the other phases, all the movies kind of tied to each other in some way or tied to the bigger threat. But so far this phase, like the perfect example for me is Doctor Strange. Like, yeah, we have a whole multiversal thing, but it really focuses on just Wanda. And then at the very end, it's almost like a setup for the next Doctor Strange, or at least that's how I felt. So, um, yeah, but I'm excited. I want to see what news comes out. I want to see what Marvel's got up their sleeve if they have anything. And honestly, now that you're saying it, if they have an announcement for the X-Men, that's the one franchise where I would be like, I am there day one. I want to see another X-Men. And and I'll be honest, I want to see a new Wolverine. I don't care. I think they recast Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Like, we get it. Hugh Jackman was great, but also, like, this is a new phase. We got to do something. So um, that's my last, that's my two cents. But uh, coming out this week, uh, July 22nd, Jordan Peele's third movie, Nope. Bailey, are you excited? Are you going to see it? Are you going to see it in IMAX? Nope. Um, <laughs> I am going to see it probably Thursday afternoon. I'm going to see if I can get off work early because I don't want to watch it at night and come out of the theater and feel like aliens are going to abduct me. <laughs> um, and I want to see it with somebody. And I don't know if I trust myself to see it by myself. So I'll have to try <laughs> to convince my wife to see it with me. Yeah. But I am going to see it this week no matter what, even if I do end up seeing it by myself. Are you going to yeah. see it? I um, I 100% am going to see it. I probably won't see it until Saturday. I'll be traveling all this week. But uh, Saturday, I'll probably plan to see it in IMAX uh, in my hometown of California. So that'll be super exciting for me. Do you have an IMAX theater there? We do, yeah. It's not huge, but it's still bigger than the other theaters, than the other screens that there are. So that's, that's what I went and saw Dune on. And believe me when I say... For half of the time, I just was watching what was going on and just experiencing film. So I'm hoping this is somewhat similar. <laughs> yeah, I hope that I'm not disappointed with this movie with how many times I've seen the trailer. So yeah, we'll just I agree. I'll, we'll give you our thoughts on that movie as well. Uh, I'll I'll probably review it next week so that any everybody can listen to my review and Adam will give his thoughts when he comes back. Yeah. Well, um, that should do it for our podcast today. Please make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Facebook. You can also email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you guys think about the news, about movies, about shows that you're watching, things that you'd like for us to talk about that you're watching. And um, we'd love to know your theories, your recommendations, shows to watch, movies to watch, anything. Um, we hope that everyone has a great day and as always keep watching movies 